So everybody right now, please welcome. Welcome to the Sports Fantasies Podcast, where we break down rankings, projections. Well, hello there. Welcome to the show, everyone. Do you love fantasy sports? And going off the beaten path? Well, then this is the show for you. Oh, yeah. Sports Fantasy with Miller and McCarty. LTG and Blaze guys gonna have to move on to replacement guest host because they just disappoint over and over again. Uh, we're gonna start out very, very NFL draft heavy show here. Um, we, we start off basically jumping right into that. Our first segment's football, very NFL draft heavy. Uh, second segment's off, uh, football off the beaten path. Uh, our Third segment is another off the beaten path, and then we wrap it up with baseball. So, no charades. That's the best part about this evening. Um, I intentionally left charades off because uh, as I was doing the agenda, I realized it's getting very long. So I took them out, especially since <laughs> I lengthy. thought that it was, especially since I thought there was a chance that LTG and or Blades would be here. Um, I, I didn't want to be here until four o'clock. Eastern Standard Time. The one positive about neither of them showing up is I believe we'll be done with this by 12.15. My time. Oh, thank goodness your time, because that's way too late my time. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think we can get through this show in an hour and a half, to be quite honest. Let's do it. All right, let's jump right in. So the first thing here, we, we start with the pickle, as always. Still looking for a pickle sponsor. Uh, we have lost the one and only sponsor we had, and we got nothing from them. So... We're going to start out with the biggest surprise or the best draft, I guess we could call this, and then the worst draft. So where did you go for the biggest surprise team? The Jets, baby. Are you kidding me? Look, <laughs> they did so well. I was so proud of those pesky Jets from New Jersey. Uh, I thought it was the best draft by far, look, you, you get the best cornerback in the draft, Sauce Gardner, pick four. Uh, Garrett Wilson at pick 10. I'll talk about him later on. Don't don't love the spot for Garrett, but I like the pick for the Jets. And then, But, but a couple that I really liked there, Jermaine Johnson at 26. At one point, mm-hmm. Jermaine Johnson was a top 10, 15 guy. He slipped a little bit because of some injury concern, I believe. Uh, but for him to be on the board and get him at 26, I thought was was great value there. And then also uh, they bring in Breesy Hall at pick 36. That's bad news uh, for Michael Carter potentially, just because Breesy is going to have that second-round draft stock, and I think Carter was a fourth-round pick. And I liked Carter last year. And I, you figure they're going to split at least early on. Maybe even Carter is the go-to guy early on, but by the end of the season you, you figure they're going to get the ball to Breesy a little more, but I liked where they went here. A lot of offense as well as a, a cornerback. And so 
you know, the AFC East is kind of loading up on offense between the Bills, Dolphins, not so much the Patriots at this point, but, but you know, they'll be there. Um, so the Jets between Elijah Moore, Davis, uh, Wilson, in a couple of years, they could be decent. Uh, so great minds think alike here. I think the Jets were a pretty obvious team, especially since we're a fantasy kind of heavy show. I mean, they ended up with the top cornerback in the draft, arguably the top cornerback, the top receiver, the top running back on different people's boards, and a top four yeah. defensive lineman. Not to yeah. mention, they also got Jeremy Ruckert, who was, uh, I believe, a top five tight end on most boards. So they did very well. Um, they, in my opinion, did have the best draft. Um, so I guess that's going to be, you know, we start with the positive. Now we go to the negative side of things. Who would you have as the worst draft? I'm going to put this team as, as long as they have Aaron Rodgers and they don't take a wide receiver in the first round, they're going to be my worst draft every single season, no matter what they do. It's the Packers just because I know they went wide receiver in the second, but they didn't go it in the first after losing Devontae Adams. So that's my worst draft as always. It's the Packers. Um, the one thing I'll say in the Packers defense is, is unless they wanted to trade up, they weren't going to get one of those top six receivers. I mean, True. What, the top six receivers went in the first, what, 12 or 13 picks? Yeah. <laughs> or 15, maybe. They went early. But, um, and the Packers did end up trading back up into the second round. It was early second round that they took a receiver. I want to say it was in the first five picks of the second round. Um, you know, I went a little different direction. So we went AFC East for the biggest surprise or the best draft. Uh, I stuck in the AFC East for the worst draft, the Patriots. Um they, they reached hard with their first two picks. Uh, they probably could have got either one of those guys two rounds later. Um, the hoodie always seems to push the right buttons, though. So I, I'm not saying that they're going to be terrible players. It's not going to work out. But Cole Strange at 29 was, was definitely a head-scratcher. Mm-hmm. They ended up taking a quarterback from Western Kentucky, who some people didn't have rated as a top-10 quarterback in the, in the draft. Um, I mean, when you have Mac and you're trying to build around Mac, I don't know why you would take a quarterback. Um, so uh, I didn't love their drafts. Uh, a lot of people didn't like their drafts, so they were my worst draft. Fair uh, enough. What do you got for biggest steal? Well, my biggest deal, I actually already talked about him. Edge rusher Jermaine Johnson to the Jets at 26. Again, it was projected to, he was initially projected possibly going to the Jets at pick 10. So the fact that they mm-hmm. were able to get Wilson at 10 and, and he landed all the way at 26 to him. I did have a couple of bonus picks here, though, as well. Uh, look, the obvious one was A.J. Brown, right? For, for mm-hmm. pick 18 and a third. I, I didn't quite count it because it wasn't a draft pick, but that was a steal. Uh, for the Eagles, I'm sure we'll talk about that more later. But uh, and then the last one I had, Malik Willis dropping all the way to pick 86. I don't know if that says that. I mean, obviously it says that teams were not as sold on Malik Willis as as people wanted to say after the combine. But at the same time, to get probably the number two uh, quarterback on the board at pick 86, uh, I thought that was pretty good for the Titans. You know what would have made that pick even better is if that quarterback had a top-level receiver to throw the ball to. Yes, yes. Um, so my biggest steal, uh, I also thought about the A.J. Brown thing, which I'll talk about in a few minutes. 
uh, when we talk about the Eagles since LTG was supposed to be here. But it was N'Kobe Dean, uh, a linebacker. He ended up having some injury concerns that come up right before the draft. At one point, though, they were saying he was going to be a late first, early second round pick. Uh, his grade is still that of a late first, early second. He fell away to pick 83. Mm-hmm. Um, I would have loved him in Buffalo. The linebacker the Bills took, I actually thought was their worst pick um, uh, in the draft, which I'll talk about that in a few minutes, too. Uh, they traded down twice, and Dean was still there. They could have still got him after trading down twice instead of Bernard. But... Um, so I, I thought the Eagles did did well there, and I like I said I also consider putting the AJ Brown thing here. So yeah, uh, I, I thought they did really well. Spoiler spoiler alert: When we talk about the Eagles, my, my best pick for them, pick eighty three, Nicobe Dean. So I'm with you there. That was that was a heck of a, a grab there. Yeah. All right. What about biggest reach? Biggest reach, this to me, and I know there was a run of wide receivers going, and maybe that's why they felt they had to do it, but it was the Commanders going uh, Jahan Dotson at pick 16. Uh, I like Burks more than Dotson. I know some don't, but and Burks was still available at 16. So if you're going to go wide receiver, I would have done that. But I just didn't think they even needed to go wide receiver right there. I, I think they have bigger needs. Wide receiver is still one, but but they do have bigger needs with the Commanders. Uh, so I didn't like that pick at 16. Uh, it was a reach. Now, I know that they just went all in for Carson Wentz for the year, but I almost think I would have liked to have seen them take a quarterback there. Uh, yeah, they could have. I mean, they they could have taken any of them outside of one of them the next, you know, two and a half rounds. But uh, my biggest reach was a guy I already talked about, Cole Strange, going 29 to the Pats. Most people had him as an early third-round pick. Um a couple of people had him as a late second round pick and it, he's an offensive lineman from a small school. Uh, so sometimes those guys are more likely to come in and work harder. But I, uh, I was, I was pretty surprised by the pick. It was a head scratcher. I do have a couple of buddies who are Patriots fans and they absolutely hated the pick. Not that any of us know what we're talking about, but it's fun to, <laughs> yes. it's fun to, you know, trash the NFL teams that get paid lots of money to make these picks and think that we know more than they do. So uh, that being said, we're going to go right into the Chargers, Eagles, and Bills. Uh, Let's go all three. What did you think all three of their best picks were? All right. Uh, Blades, do you want to come on the Chargers first? Okay. Blades doesn't want to say anything on the Chargers. So, uh, and look, I'm going to be honest here, full disclosure. I only graded these out really through the first couple of rounds because I haven't paid any attention after about round two in this draft. So that's all you're going to get out of me. All right. Picks. Uh, so best pick, I went pick 17. Uh, didn't go flashy. Uh, they didn't even go best player on the board, uh, but that's why I liked it. They took a guard, Zion Johnson. He's immediately going to get into their starting lineup. And to me, it's never a bad idea to get a, a first round talent to protect your young quarterback. Uh, the Eagles, I, I talked about it before, and uh, you talked about it before. Pick 83, Nicobe Dean, linebacker out of Georgia. He was projected early second round at one point. Um, I actually had a, I did have a couple other kind of bonus for them because I liked a lot of their picks. I liked them trading up to get Jordan Davis at 13 out of Georgia. And, of course, you know, we talked about A.J., uh, who they, they got A.J. for pick 18 and I believe a third, third or fourth. And then they immediately signed him to a long-term deal. So that was well done. 
the Bills, who do we got here? I, Bills was a tough one for me. Um, I went with James Cook in the second round. I think it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out with Singletary. I think Cook is probably going to be more of a third down back to start it. He had, I think, 27 receptions out of Georgia mm-hmm. last year, which in college, 27 receptions is means you can catch the football because there's not a whole lot of receptions from running backs at the college level. Uh, but with a second-round stock on him, I feel like he may take over sooner rather than later uh, on Singletary. Uh, so I like them going out and, and putting a second-round stock on a running back. Yeah, um, I mean, so I'll, I'll start with the Bills since that's where you you, you ended. I went their best pick, uh, Kair Aline. Um He is very physical. He does sometimes get silly penalties. But I believe in the Bills coach coaching staff to coach up defensive players, and he is a guy that can play that number two role. I, I, he might even start in a number three role. Uh, Dane might stay in that two role for a little while while Kyrie uh, learns. But they needed a cornerback. They went and got a cornerback. He's from an SEC school, um, so he's already played yeah. some big-time football. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I like him a lot. Uh, the Eagles, I we agree. Um, I mean, I, I love the Dean pick. Uh, I I did put on here trading at first for AJ, then sign him to the extension. A lot of doubt was the best thing for them to do. Um, I can't believe other teams were not on them. And we agree to the charges as well. Uh, Zion Johnson uh, should be a starting lineman on day one at guard, and it will allow Matt Felier to slide back to tackle where he is more comfortable and has had more success and graded higher as far as the O-line goes. All right, let's go right to the worst. All right, Eagles. I didn't have any uh, bad picks for the Eagles, and I didn't have any bad picks for the Chargers. Uh, I guess I just didn't really feel like looking at, again, past, <laughs> the, past the second round, and I'd like to pick over the round, first two rounds. Uh, I did have one for the Bills. It was your best pick. And look, this isn't even a, a thing at Elam. I – I love that they got Elam. I I hated the, the fact that they traded a fourth to move up two spots to get him. That's the only thing I didn't love. Now, look, maybe they have, and they probably did. They, they probably have some type of insight that one of the teams in front of them, I guess Dallas, assumingly, was going to take him. Now, if you have that information or you feel like, then it is the right move because he was the best cornerback still on the board. Depending on what you look at, he may have had a first-grade talent. I know the Bills had a first-grade um, score on him. Uh, most others or a lot of things said that he was probably more of a second-round kind of guy. But either way, he was the third-best cornerback in the draft, and the first two had already gone. And I know that that was their their main objective was getting a cornerback. So I just didn't love giving up a pretty valuable pick to jump up two spots to get him. The one thing that I didn't like about it is I would rather stayed where they were, and if Elam went the pick before them, they could have taken Booth, who I actually like more than Elam. Yeah. Uh, but again, I sit on my couch and you right. know watch the games and don't get paid to do it, so what do I know? All right, Chargers. I went JT Woods. Um, he never even managed to get a 70 uh, PFF grade. He had 67 this year. He had a missed tackle rate of 20%. So one out of five tackles, he misses. <laughs> Not bad. Um, Eagles, Cam Jurgens. Uh, he's a center. 
definitely a reach. Wasn't a top 100 prospect on most boards. Uh, he had he had back-to-back seasons of less than a 42 as far as PFF grades. He did manage to jump to 71 this past year, but I think there were probably better options available, or you could have got him later on. And the Bills, I went with Terrell Bernard. Um, a lot of folks believe he was a day three guy. Yeah, um, a day three guy all the way. He's undersized, and he missed uh, about one out of every six tackles at 15%. Uh, so, um, again, at, at that point, they had passed on Dean a couple of times when, when they mm-hmm. got him. I, I do think Dean went maybe – before him at that point, I can't remember for sure, but it was it, it was an opportunity there that I thought was missed. As far as overall grades go, I don't know if you did that or not. I had the Chargers with a B, the Eagles because of the Brown trade. I gave them an A. I think their actual draft was probably a B or B plus, and the Bills I gave a B minus too. Um, and I'll, I'll be quite honest, I looked at a couple of different you know report cards, so to say, uh, online and based off what I read and what I think I came up with these grades, they're all made up and don't matter. Yeah, I was feeling generous, so I gave the Chargers a B plus. I gave the Eagles an A plus. Good work, LTG. And I gave the Bills a B plus. All good things. Right. LTG, do you have anything to add? Crickets, man. Crickets. All right. <laughs> so that's going to take us to odds are. I did all future bets here and all NFL. Um, so what are your three positives? Well, you know, when you say that, uh, this is an NFL, I mean, this is an NFL draft segment and NFL segment. So what did I do? I went hockey bets here. I like it it a uh, lot. I I didn't even compute that I should probably do NFL, but that's okay. So uh, with the hockey playoffs upon us, I believe they start Monday or Tuesday. I went some uh, future series bets here. So the oh, time out, time out. Yeah, now, you bring up hockey. We're not in a hockey segment here, but I do have something to say. LTG, this is probably why you're truly not on the show. I know you're saying you're working, but what a comeback by Miller in the third place game takes out takes down LTG on the last night. Got him by well, I think three or four points. Well, you hang up. One. Well, hold up. You know it's not the last night, right? There is games tomorrow. There's a game tomorrow. Oh, is there games tomorrow? There is a makeup game tomorrow. I think and I it, have a player and he doesn't. And or, he picked up somebody to play. That is so awesome. Yeah, it, like it, does, it. it does count tomorrow. Oh, now I hope I lose just because I didn't know that. Because so. I've been watching that. Trust me. It's the Kraken and the Winnipeg Jets in a meaningless game on Sunday. Yeah, so I have a two point like six lead. Uh, he picked up a defenseman, so if he beats me with a defenseman, Neil Ponk. Yeah. So, um, so I'm they're of both, course gonna. They're both close matches. I'm I'm up on Suga for the championship by eight, but he has two players going tomorrow. I have one. He has two moves left though that he could use. So we'll see if he does or not. I'm, I'm not going to tell him that there's a game tomorrow. I'm sure he knows, but just in case, because you didn't know. So, Yeah, I mean, I obviously – I checked out from hockey. I, I think I told you a little bit ago I checked out from hockey like two weeks ago. I don't even know why they're playing the game. Uh, but anyway, so 
Here we go. First round playoff matchups. Uh, Tampa versus Toronto. Tampa is plus 105 to win this, to in, in the series versus Toronto. I think it'll be a really good series. Probably goes seven games, but Tampa has just been on a roll. They are the defending champions. So if anytime they're the underdog in a playoff series, give me Tampa. Uh, next up, another series that I think goes seven games. It's the Blues and the Wild. I think they're going to be pretty even teams. So give me Blues at plus 120 for the Pickles. And the third one I love. Uh, the Caps going up against the Panthers. Uh, the Panthers have been really good this year, great offense, uh, but the Caps have the experience, and they're plus 230. So if I'm going to put pickles, it's going to be on the Capitals in that series. I definitely like Tampa and Washington there uh, quite a bit, so I would agree with you there. Okay, so I did stay all football here, um, went all futures bet, but uh, I absolutely love this first one. And surprisingly enough, I did this last week too where I went all minuses. Uh, I typically don't do that, but I did it again this week. Jags under six and a half wins, which is minus 125. I'm pretty confident I could throw 100 pickles down um, or 125 pickles down to win 100. Uh, Green Bay and Buffalo, uh, these are my two and three, are both minus 180 to win the AFC East and the NFC North, respectively. I like both those a lot. Um, you can parlay this into, I think it's a plus 330, in which case you could put down 100 pickles to win 330. So, All right. What do you got for the two you don't like, sir? Two I don't like? Uh, the Kings, uh, plus 190. I know that sounds good, but they're going up against the Oilers. I don't think they have much of a shot. I think the Oilers probably win that in five. And then the next one, look, this sounds good, right, for a playoff series plus 350, uh, that's that's paying out good pickles. It's the Preds against the Avs. The Preds have no chance. Uh, I believe they get swept uh, swept uh, soundly. Uh, you know, the Preds could have avoided this. Last night, all they needed was a, uh, a point, I believe, to lock down the seven seed. You're still playing the Flames, but at least it's not the Avalanche. And they were up 4 nothing. On the Coyotes, eight minutes into the game, they lost 5-4. I mean... It is insane. It is insane. (laughs) Yes. So so do not put any pickles on the Preds. uh, Not after that. uh, Just complete uh, collapse last night. All right. Uh, My first not like is the Panthers... Over six wins, that's at minus 110. Um, I would bet the under on that all day, which is also, I think, minus 110. Uh, and the one I like the least, the Washington Commanders, not the football team, over seven and a half wins. This is at plus 110 um, for the under, so I would definitely throw some pickles on that. Uh, and with that... We are done with the pickle. We are flying along here tonight, folks. Flying. Going to be a quick show. Be right back. Welcome back to Sports Fantasies with Miller and McCarty.
Welcome back. Segment one, episode fifty-six. I'm pretty sure McCarty's supposed to be leading this segment, but he wasn't saying anything. We did not the microphone. We did. We did not talk about it. We did not. We did not. I was over here like, oh no, who's leading this? I have no idea. This is this is um, crazy. This is crazy. That's the longest we've had a song play ever, and it was a boys and men song. So thank you for that. All right, it was really for Luke. It was for Luke for Philly who didn't even show up. So <laughs> boo. Luke. Yeah, I mean, whatever with with these guys. All right, segment one NFL more draft <laughs> talk. We're going to talk about some best landing spots for rookies as far as fantasy goes, some worst landing spots for rookies as far as fantasy goes. Top five rookie draft picks if we were doing a draft today. Then some kiss or kick to to finish out the segment. Again, another quick segment. So let's start out with best landing spots for the rookies. What do you have here? Three, two, one. All right. At three, I took... Traylon Burks, who went to the Titans, and of course, you know, you don't love, I don't love the situation with Tannehill, but they did just trade away their best wide receiver. You have Robert Woods that'll be there coming off an injury. They might lean on him a little bit, but I think Burks is going to be expected to step in and be a contributor from day one, and I do like Burks a lot, so I, I like that landing spot in terms of opportunity. The next one is also about opportunity. It's Drake London to the Falcons. My only Question on this, and you might maybe I'm just missing something. Did they ever take another quarterback, or is it Marcus Mariota starting in Atlanta? Uh, Am I freaking? They ended up taking a quarterback. They were the the second team to take a quarterback. I can't remember the young man's name. Was that Ridner? Yeah, Ridner or or something. Ridner, yeah, or whatever it is. Ridner. Yeah. Okay. uh, He's not expected to play this year. Um. So it will be Mariota running the show this year, and then Ritter will <laughs> well, have a chance. Uh, so right, again, I just no no Kelvin Ridley. I think they traded away Russell Gage. So again, he's going to be the de facto number one wide receiver out there. Of course, she'll have Pitts getting the ball as well. I feel like I feel like the Falcons are content then with just basically getting the number one pick next season. Mm-hmm. Let, give Mariota, let Mariota run the ball around this year. Um, throw the ball around this year. And then it's supposed to be loaded. In a loaded draft. Although, again, I, I would have almost expected them to not take Ritter then because there's supposed to be some stud quarterbacks coming out this next year. And so if they have a top three pick uh, going quarterback there, which now you, you would think they wouldn't since they took the second quarterback off the board. But anyway. They also didn't take them to what, though? The second, third? Yeah, third? yeah, yeah. They don't have a ton of stock in them, but – my number one, and it's probably a mistake, uh, but it's Christian Watson going to Green Bay. Uh, second round pick by the Packers. Again, I mean, who who is Aaron Rodgers going to throw the ball to? I, I don't love first-year wide receivers uh, production-wise. They don't have really, like, you know, first-round – draft stock kind of you know even top 10 like jamar chase type but but he's probably going to be on the field because i don't know who else who else rogers is going to throw the ball to uh so here's something that's amazing uh we have one of the same players on our list here uh number three i went with Brecy hall i believe he's going to be the feature back on that team right away i think he's going to get a lot of opportunities uh so uh, I foresee him being worth 
a flyer and a bi-week filler. Uh, number two, uh, Drake London. thing I said about Drake here is I believe that this pick you're really doing more for 2023 than 2022 uh, because I do believe that they'll draft an actual quarterback next year. Then he'll have Pitts and Ridley with him as well, which is going to take a lot of attention off of London. Even if he has an awesome year this year, when you have Ridley and Pitts and London in the lineup, I believe that he is going to get a lot of looks. My number one might surprise you a little bit. I went with Sky Moore. Of course, Kansas City took okay. him. Kansas City, yeah. Um, I think he has a chance to shine. He improved every single year in college, and he went to a team with no true number one, kind of what you're saying about the Green Bay kid. Um, sure. I, I think he'll have a, a chance to shine. I mean, yes, you got a, you got a couple of guys in Kansas City there, you know, Juju and um, uh, Hardman. Uh, my – favorite wide receiver that's ever going to amount to anything. And then, of course, you got, you got <laughs> Travis Kelsey and you got some running backs. But um, I think Moore could go in there if he can connect with uh, Mahomes quickly. I think he could take a lot of those catches that maybe went away with Tariq. So not saying it's going to okay. be Tariq, but I, I think that he has a chance to shine there. What about worst landing spots? Worst, uh, my number three, I went Kenny Walker, who actually like running back out of Michigan State. My problem is he went to the Seahawks. I didn't understand the pick from Seattle, and I don't love it for Walker because you've got Rashad Penny, who, you know, I, I get he's always injured, probably will be again, but he, he showed some health at the end of last year and was really good uh, when they used him. And, of course, he was a former first-round pick. You have Chris Carson coming back, who Seattle loves to give the ball to 18 times a game. So if Carson – it's just there's a lot of running backs there, a lot mm -hmm. of balls to feed. My next up, and I like this guy a lot, uh, probably long-term. I don't love him this year. You you had him on your on your like list. It was Breesy Hall. Just because I still think um, – I just don't know how that's going to sort out with Michael Carter. I thought Michael Carter was pretty efficient last year. And so I, I don't know that Breezy Hall is going to be more than a third down back first half of the season. Now he could start to take over um, near the end of the year. Uh, so I, I, again, I, I don't disagree with you that he's probably a pretty good dynasty dynasty player. I'd probably agree uh, with you if they didn't trade up for him. I think the fact that they traded yeah. up for him and they gave stuff up for him, I don't think that they're sold on Michael Carter. So I think he's going to get a chance from from day one. Just my opinion. And the next one is another Jet, and I know uh, you know I told you I love the Jets draft. I just didn't love it for the players that went there. Uh, Garrett Wilson, uh, again, you've got uh, Corey Davis, Elijah Moore. Zach Wilson is going to have to take a step forward this year for Garrett Wilson to really be effective. Uh, Garrett's not a guy – Garrett was not my first player off the board. He, I don't think he was – he probably would have been about my fifth wide receiver off the board, so I didn't love him to begin with. Um, and I, and I don't love the landing spot for him here either. All right. So, um, I have a couple guys on this list that you've, you've mentioned earlier, one, uh, for the best landing spot and one for the bills best pick. I'll start there. Number three, uh, James Cook. And not because I don't like James Cook or his potential. I hate that they drafted him in the second round, um, when they could have just taken Breezy in the first and then got a cornerback in the second. Uh, and mostly because he's going to a backfield that's very crowded. There's no clear path to, you know, 15 to 20 carries. Uh, I do believe he could end up being the lead guy, but I think it's going to take time. 
and the Bills have proven over the last couple seasons that they don't really care about running the football. Uh, my next one, Kenny Pickett, uh, and here's why. Uh, he's the only quarterback that went in the first round. He did go to the Steelers, which I don't think is the worst thing in the world for him. But now he's going to be expected to replace Ben, the future Hall of Famer. And you have Mitch Trubisky, who just learned everything Josh Allen knows in a season. So I'm sure he's just going to be a superstar. So I'm not really sure where that leaves Kenny Pickett. And Pickett's at least sitting the year, right? Like he's not playing over Trubisky. I would think so, yes. And then my number one, I think you had him on your best landing spot list, is Traylon Burks. Um, and mostly this is a Tannehill thing. I think Tannehill's going to love Robert Woods. He's going to feed Robert Woods. And I think Burks is going to be forgotten about much like uh, Julio was last season, especially now that Henry's going to be back and they're going to be a running offense like they typically are. So uh, I don't love the spot. Now, if Tannehill gets hurt and they bring in the rookie, Sure, I, I might like Burks a little more because he might be able to spread the ball around a little better than Tannehill. Tannehill's proven in the past he likes to lock in on one guy and struggles to spread the ball around once he does that. So, Fair. Right, top five rookie draft picks. You want all five? Yeah, what do you want why do? not? Just do five. All okay. five. And And this isn't necessarily my top five. This is just kind of my prediction as who is going to go top five. So, and uh, yeah, so number one, Breesy Hall. I still think Breesy, even though dropping down into the second round there, he's still got the potential to be a three down back. So he's going to be the first uh, player off the board in a rookie draft. Next up, Drake London. We talk about the opportunity, and he's got some heavy draft stock there in the top 10. Next up, uh, Garrett Wilson. Again, just because of his, I, I think he went pick 10 overall. Number four, I see Jamison Williams going here. He's going to miss the first few games of the season from that injury, uh, but he's going to step into that uh, Saints lineup probably opposite uh, Michael Thomas, I guess. I I like Jamison Williams a lot in a dynasty league. Number five, a guy that I don't love, but because of his draft stock, I think he'll go here, and it's Chris Olave out of uh, Ohio State. Okay. Uh, We have four of the five the same here. A little different order. My five, I'll start. I'll go five to one. My five was Drake London. Uh, My four, uh, Jamison Williams. My three, Sky Moore. Uh, And then two and one. Two and one, I have the the Jets players, uh, Garrett Wilson and Breesy Hall. Uh, I don't know what it is about Moore, but there's just something about wide receivers that people underestimate that go to Andy Reid teams and tend to find ways to be successful. But Sky Moore to you, is that somebody that you think will go there in most drafts or the guy that you would take in most drafts? I think by the time we get to the rookie drafts, he will be a guy that is a top five pick. Okay. Unless unless we go through camps, the mini camps, rookie mini camps, and he is just atrocious or struggles, I think that because if he has any talent at all, He's going to play with arguably the best quarterback in the league. Well, so did, so did McCole Hardman, who I think it was a first-round pick. <laughs> Maybe yeah. second. I can't remember. He was a second-round pick. Okay. But but is, is Hardman a lack of talent or a lack of opportunity? 
because when Hardman had uh, Hardman had a couple games last year when Hill didn't play and maybe Kelsey was out as well, and he 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 put together a couple of real solid games. I mean, not saying he's a superstar yeah, by, by any stretch. Yeah, I mean, look, it would take a lot for anybody to beat up Byron Pringle. Uh, exactly, wide, mean, wide receiver spot, but I, mean, I, 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 I absolutely agree with you. All right, let's go into kiss or kick here. I mean, I probably should open up my app, but oh, I mean, this is amateur hour again with your app. Yeah, so I mean, prepared for kiss or kick. It's because I, I just forget that you know we 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 need the you know no charades, no kiss or kick. You know what I mean? I, mean, <laughs> I don't know what you mean. I don't, because it's all live. All right, kiss there it is. Okay. Why? Why don't you give me your three, and we'll go back and forth. I, I liked when we did. I think it was last week. We did that or two weeks ago or something. All right. All right. Then kiss your kick. The Jags going Trayvon Walker over Aiden Hutchinson with pick one. Yeah, mostly because I lost a couple pickles on that, so no, I kick it. Uh, okay. Fair. Because the week before we did the. Aiden Hutchinson was the guy I loved to go one. And then I did the two others, like Breesy Hall being the first running back and then mm-hmm. the first defense alignment, I think it was, too. And I hit two out of the three. And the one I missed was Aiden Hutchinson, not playing number one. So I kicked <laughs> Fair. Uh, my first kiss or kick. Kiss or kick, two Jets players being drafted in the top four of our dynasty rookie drafts. Top four... Uh... So you're really uh, talking yeah. Bre- Hall and Garrett Wilson. Yeah. I mean, I just said Breesey Hall would go one. Garrett Wilson would go three. So, yes, I will kiss that. And, of course, I had them one and two on my list. So, I obviously yes. agree. They will. All right. Next up, kiss or kick watching the draft after round one. Like watching on TV. or. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna kick this and, and here's why. Thank and you. Thank I, you. I'll be quite honest though. I used to watch it a lot closer when the Bills weren't good, because that was like your first opportunity of hope for the next season. But now that the Bills are <laughs> right, now right. That the Bills are good again, like I basically like I watched most of round one. Uh, I was at a, a work training, so I was hanging out and, and whatnot. But um, but yeah, I mean, as far as rounds two, three, and four, five, six, seven. No, my, my phone tells me when the Bills pick or if they trade or whatever. So, yeah, I just relied on that after. after I watched a, a little bit of it last night, but not, not enough to tell. You know, you say, I'll be quite honest a lot, which makes me think you're not being honest. The <laughs> listeners are with me. Yeah, it's all, all three right, of you. Next? And, and, of course, <laughs> and, of course, two of our listeners are LTG and Blaze, who always say they're going to be on the show and never show up. All right, kiss yeah, or kick. they listen. Tennessee being a great landing spot for Malik. <laughs> well, yeah, oh, come on. <laughs> yes. I'm kissing this mainly because as a Liberty alum, um, I'm excited to have him here in town. I'll get to hear, hear about him a lot. I think it's good because I really think whether or not they landed Malik, Malik Willis, I feel like this is Tannehill's final year in Tennessee. Unless Tannehill comes out and tears it up and I don't even know what the I can't remember what he has left left on his contract uh, I know there's been a lot of discussion after the past season about you know Tannehill and maybe not being the guy that's going to get it done for you 
uh, and take you to the, the promised land there. So if Tannehill has another year like he did this year or another early playoff exit, I could actually see Malik Willis being a starting quarterback here next season. Uh, I think Tannehill will probably get hurt at some point this season, and Malik Willis will come in, and if he plays well, he'll take the job and just run with it, to be quite honest. Um, now, if he gets hurt and Malik comes in and struggles, then no, uh, you know, and maybe that's enough for them to even give Tannehill another season because I also don't know where his contract is. But, yeah, so that, that's where I was at. What's your I, last one? I tell you what, it's going to be a lot of pressure on a guy like Tannehill and a guy in um, Trubisky because you know the fans, they want that new flashy player. So the second that Tannehill has a bad week, or Trubisky has a bad week, you're going to start hearing the the rumblings about when are we going to get this 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 new quarterback in. So a lot of pressure and, on those two. And of course, with Tannehill, especially being that he isn't new in Tennessee, if Malik looks good at all, that could start in the preseason. True. Um, all right, what's your last one? All right, since we saw the drop or the slip with in the quarterbacks in the draft. Kiss or kick more than one quarterback from this draft being a starting quarterback in the NFL five years from now? Five years from now. You know what? I love it! I'm going to kiss it. Um, and I, was, I was really torn here, but I think at least one of them will break through and will be a starting quarterback in five years from now. Now, it might not be with the team well, that – well, this was this was more than one, so you got to have two. Yeah, I, I, even at two, I, I'm I'm still comfortable saying it. Yes. Okay. Um, because I mean, just look at the NFL and how frequently the quarterbacks change, man. I mean, Marcus Mariota is still going to be a starter this season, yeah, looks and, like. So yeah, it's. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> and, Mitch Trubisky is potentially going to be a starter. Uh, um, speaking of a guy, you know, who is now in what his fifth or sixth or seventh year in the league and started, got benched, got cut, ended up in Buffalo uh, as a backup and is now starting again. So, all right. Yeah. Uh, kiss or kick, the Bills drafting a running back in round two. Well, I mean, I've got to kiss it because I told you I, I loved the pick. Now, and I only say that because I agree with what you were saying about Cook. And it may not be the best landing spot for him just because the Bills don't pay much attention to the run. And you do have a guy like Singletary uh, that can help out. I don't think Moss is even in the – in the equation here. He, I might think not even make, he might not even make the roster. Moss may be cut. And if not, he'll be the third back there. So I liked it just because the Bills don't have a whole lot of, you know, they addressed the one big need, which was cornerback. They did that in the first round. They don't have a whole lot of other glaring um, issues on that team. So if, if Singletary is your only real running back and – the Bills aren't sold on him. Nobody is. I like him. I think he's decent. 
but I don't mind getting – if you think that's the best running back on the board at that time, I don't mind getting that because what happens if Singletary goes out and gets hurt, which happens to running backs, then Zach Moss is going to be your your number one running back. Uh, that would concern me. So I, I didn't – that's why I, I liked that pick there in the second round. That's fair. I mean, I, I didn't love it. I, I Reading about him, I mean, the thing that's cool about him is he's Dalvin Cook's little brother. Well, that was the other thing. Look, it's never a bad thing to be related to Delvin Cook. Um, um, I, it was not a deep running back class. So is he going to be a decent – you know, in other drafts, is he a second-round pick? Probably not. Um, but it was kind of a weak running back class. So, What was the other running back, Spiller, right, that, that we talked about early on? He, Spiller he, dropped, he, dropped he, big time. He fell too. And thank goodness Buffalo didn't take him because I would have had flashbacks of C.J. Spiller. Oh, you, they, 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 Buffalo can't take a Spiller again. So <laughs> Spiller, at one point – it was flip flopped, like it was he between was him and Bracy for the number one one running back on the board, and somehow he dropped to like running back seven or, or eight, even. Yeah, I'd say he went like the fourth round too, right, or something. I mean, it, yeah, it was, it was pretty yeah, late. He, he dropped a lot. All right, folks, uh, we'll be back for segments two and three, which we might just do together. They're two off the beaten pass. I think they're going to be quick oh, ones will. tonight. Going to be quick ones tonight. We have about forty three minutes left in the show, so we'll be back. Let's do it. Welcome back to Sports Fantasies with Miller and McCarty. Oh, yeah, we are back. Segment two. We're going to go off the beaten path times two with a little it's time for sports fantasies top 10 sports fantasies top 10 all right so first up mr miller on our off the beaten path top 10 we are going to talk about the biggest steals from fantasy NFL rookie drafts. You know how we do this. Give me your 10 through 7. Hey, look at look at that. You have learned 10 through 7. Yes, yes. All right, yes. at number 10, I have a b- 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 bonus because we have Joe Burrow going at pick 17 in 12 Angry Men. And... At pick twenty six in the FLX league. Okay. At number at number nine, um, we have Debo Samuel going at pick fourteen in twelve Angry Men. <sighs> number eight, AJ Brown going at pick eleven in the original football league. Again, that's the you're not in. It's now called the Tecmo Super Bowl League. It used to just be Dynasty Year One through Eight, and I recently changed it. And number okay. seven. Antonio Gibson going pick 39 in 12 Angry Men. I'm sure I have some of these the same, but I can't keep up. So my number 10, I also have a twofer that involves Burrow. But this one was 2020, 12 Angry Men. Finkel and Blades go back-to-back at around 2-5 and 2-6 for Burrow and Justin Herbert. 
Number nine, 2020 Finger Lakes League. Let's get Fizekiel takes T. Higgins round three, pick three. Uh, number eight, 2018 Gridiron. Lamar Jackson goes round two, pick 10. And my number seven, also Gridiron. Deshaun Watson goes at pick two, five. Six through four, sir. The All people right, are on the edge of their seats. Number six, Elijah Mitchell going at pick 37. Uh, 12 yes. angry men. Yes. Number five, Mac Jones gets picked number 40th in 12 angry no, men. Number 40th. Okay. I like it. <laughs> pick 40. Okay. And number four, yes, yes. Saint Brown, pick number 29 in mm. FLX. I thought about that one. He didn't make it, but I thought about that. My number six, it's 2019. It's 12 angry men. It's for some reason we have four rounds of picks here in this rookie draft. Bacon at round four, pick 10, basically the end of the draft gets Terry McLaurin. Number five, it's gridiron. Mr. Bean getting Cooper Cup in the second round at pick seven. And number four, 12 angry, 2021. You talked about it. Buggy takes Elijah Mitchell in the fourth, the first pick of the fourth round. Number three, sir. All right, number three. In the original uh, football league, yes. Lamar Jackson oh. goes pick 24. Yes. All right. My number three, I think you talked about this one, 2020, 12 angry, buggy again. He's back at it. He takes Antonio Gibson in the fourth round, pick three, number two. All right, number two. A shout-out. Where was A shout-out shout to LTG. Pick 48. Mr. Irrelevant in 12 Angry Men, Hunter yes. Renfro. I thought about I thought about that one as well. I did not. My number two, 2018, Squared Iron. It's discount double check taking Josh Allen. Round three, pick six. Oddly enough, my number one, Josh Allen in the digital football league. Going pick 30 of 30. Not bad. To Dan the man, who then traded him to me for like a jar of pickles or something. My number one, it was 2017. It was Gridiron. The Shiva gets Alvin Kamara at the end of round two, pick 210. I would like to say uh, that McCarty passed. Um, McCarty passed. That was uh, we talked about the Cooper Cup pick. I passed on both Cooper Cup and Alvin Kamara to take John Ross earlier in the second <laughs> round. So good for me. Good for me. Uh, I also made a couple of those blunders. However, the <clears throat> Josh Allen pick, he did go 30 of 30, and I had no draft picks, and I was scurrying at the end Trying of the draft to, to try to trade with anybody yeah. that would trade, and nobody would. Um, so, But I did end up with him. He's still on my team in that league. So, All right. Now, next up is what I think is the better of our top tens. But uh, I agree. That's why it is the second one. Top ten sitcom athletes of all time. I had to get some clarification on this. This is not professional athletes that were on sitcoms. This is uh, sitcoms that had made up athlete characters. And some some may cross over and actually be athletes too, but we'll see where we go here. So 10 through 7, Mr. Miller. All right, 10 through 7. Number 10. Had to give a shout out to my guy. Really went off the beaten path here. I think he only appeared in one game in the show. 
but it was Steve Urkel on Family Matters coming off the bench, okay, okay. Leading, leading the team to victory. I also believe there was a Grandma Ma uh, appearance on that show at one <laughs> point with, with Steve Urkel as they defeated you know the two mainstays on the show. All right, number nine, Kenny the Silk Haze from Hangtime. Of course, we've talked about Kenny, Kenny Silk Haze before. He is the guy that uh, famously said, I do not compare myself to Michael Jordan because I can hit a curveball. Number eight, Will Smith from The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. I too actually, low, too low. I, I actually just got done watching the remake of the first season of Bel-Air, which is kind of the spinoff, which essentially is the same thing. And I actually think that the new Will Smith is a, a better athlete than the old Will Smith. Uh, right. Number seven, a guy, Bill McCarty, is going to say that I have too low. Al Bundy. <laughs> no, I won't say too low. No, I, I won't. Full Kai alum, Al Bundy. What's your 10 through 7, sir? Okay. My number 10, it's Ballers. It's Ricky Jarrett, wide oh, receiver. Whoa, boo. Way too low. Way okay, too okay. low. I feel like his character has to be loosely based on OBJ, but that's just me. My number nine, <laughs> volleyball player, cheerleading squad, lifeguard, it's Kelly. Kapowski. Uh, I like it. I, I like all it. Around, all around athlete. My number eight, you said too low. I had him lower than you. MVP of the Polk High School Panthers as a quarterback. Won the city high school championship. It's the one and only Al Bundy. My I'm number shocked seven. that you have him lower than I do. My number seven. Look, this person was on was on this show for one episode. I, I, I feel that Mr. Miller might have uh, a wrestler from Saved by the Bell later on. I bet it's not mine because mine is Christy Barnes from Saved by the Bell. <laughs> Never mind Slater. She was the wrestling star here. Transferred to Bayside, broke barriers in an attempt to make the men's wrestling team. Look, she was only seen for one episode, so must, must be she did not break those barriers. Uh, but a true groundbreaker, Christy Barnes. All right. So, yes, I, I we actually will hear a couple of Saved by the Bell folks a little bit later in my top ten. Six or four? I was a little obsessed with that show. All right, number six. I got a bonus because you can't separate these two guys. We got Daniel LaRusso and Johnny Lawrence. Okay. okay. The martial artist from Cobra Kai. Yes, got to have it. Number five, Kenny Powers, Eastbound and Down. And I know that's That's too too low. low. Absolutely. Uh, Number four, uh, a newer one. I don't know if you've seen this show, but I I, I watched some of it. Uh, Spencer James from All American. I do not know that one. Never heard of it. You should watch at least a season or two of it. Don't waste your time trying to watch all the seasons. And you're going to like the first season or two. You get sucked in, but it goes downhill quickly. Fair enough. What's your my six number, for? My number six, it's Tony Maselli, a.k.a. Tony Danza. Uh, I believe a second baseman for the St. Louis Cardinals. Who's the boss? Uh, my number five, you talked about it. It's Cobra Kai. It's Daniel LaRusso and Johnny Lawrence. You got to have them in there. What athletes, what athletes these two are. Uh, My number four, Fresh Prince, star of the Bel Air high school team. You're number three. Have you watched the the new version? No, I have not. I I saw the previous, but I've not. They, uh, they give you a little more of the backstory, uh, which I thought was cool. Um, But anyways, I guess. It's good reviews. All right, number three. 
the one, the only, Zachary Morris. What a stud this guy was. He was a star basketball player. He was a track star. He dabbled in a couple of other events, all while at the Bayside High, but was not Dominating. the best athlete. Not the best athlete at Bayside. Bacardi, what's your number three? Zach didn't make my list. I feel like I could have taken him in most sports, so I did not put him on my list. I think he had you in track, to be honest. But My number three, look, I don't even know if he, if this person even shot the basketball. He might have just been a coach on this show, but it was Mark Cooper. Uh, I put Mark Cooper here because he actually played in the NBA for the Warriors. Did you know Mark Cooper had a game winner while being guarded by Sir Charles Barkley? Uh, I did not. Did you know that the guy I have at number two and you had at number <laughs> 10, Ricky Jarrett, actually did oh, play. Oh, boy. Wow. Actually, actually did play for a little while. Uh, had a cup of tea in the NFL. Uh, bumped okay. on a couple of professional leagues. Uh, who is his father? Uh, Denzel Washington. Very good. I, I, I assumed you know that's why I asked the question, but Ricky Jarrett from Ballers is my number two. Good actor. My number two, he was a washed-up relief pitcher for the Boston Red Sox. He opened a little bar called Cheers. It was Sam Malone, a.k.a. Ted Danson. All right, so I know who your number one is. Perfect. All right, yes. my number one. Going back to Saved by the Bell. Somehow we got four Saved by the Bell characters in this top ten between the two of us. It is none other than A.C. Slater. A.C. Slater was a football star. He played basketball. He was a wrestling star. He did it all, folks. Ran He's a good dancer. He also baked some cakes. Or quiche. I think it was a quiche and he blew it up in the oven. So he did it all. So here we are talking about the best sitcom athlete of all time. It is A.C. Slater. I love how we had four, but my two were uh, my two didn't make your list, and your two didn't make my list. I, I love yeah. that. My number one, you know who it is. It's Kenny Powers, eastbound and down again. You know, probably based on John Rocker. I can only assume that, that character has to be. Uh, he is by far the greatest. Um, maybe not the greatest. Uh, success story athlete, but the greatest uh, TV sitcom sports character of all time in my book. Fair. I tell you what, we are rolling through this show. Cruising. If if we can get baseball done in like 25 minutes, we'll be out of here when I said we would. So we won't. I I think it's time to move on. All right. We'll be right back with baseball. Welcome back to Sports Fantasies with Miller and McCarty. Okay. Is this me? All right. Here we are. Segment. I don't know what it is now. Three? It's just segment four on my list, but I think we're at segment three. Well, well, it's we fantasy. Com- we combined the last two, so it makes sense. I got you. 
All right, fantasy baseball. Let's talk about week two power rankings. You know I did nothing on this, so Miller, give us your week two eight through one power rankings. I was literally pointing at you the whole time that you were supposed <laughs> yes, to. Yes, you were. <laughs> you were looking at I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, these rankings don't even matter. Uh, quite frankly, they, they, can change. they can change tomorrow, but we'll do it for All right, here we go. Number eight, Joe Boo. Number seven, Clearwater. Number six, me. Uh, number five, the Shiva. Number four, Suga. Number three, Blades. Number two, Charles. And number one, Careless. I'm drinking the Careless Kool-Aid because, uh, yet again, he is the leading scorer. And I think he's leading the league in scoring right now by over 100 points. That's how I looked. Yeah, I mean, somebody took careless to win it this year. It may have been me. I can't remember. But um, uh, so, so he's going to fall apart very soon, I'm sure. Suga is going to probably beat me this week. It looks like so. I'll I'll take my first loss and drop to two to one. I would like to say, I know we're talking about uh, a different league, but in the combo league, I'm feeling really good right now. Uh, where I'm at with after winning the football part of the combo league, I'm feeling good about getting in there. The pickles for the end of the year in baseball too. I'm I'm lighting it up. That's all. Next up, two players trending up, two players trending down. Give me your two players trending up, sir. Um, okay, so my two players trending up. Uh, number two, I got Taylor Ward. He is currently averaging oh, six yeah. six point seven five points per game. He's eligible all three outfield spots and the utility spot. Uh, he has been. In the last week on Fantrax, I believe it is, he has went from under 50% uh, ownership to about 73 or 74% ownership. Still too low. I would agree. Number one, Eric Hosmer. He is currently averaging 4.25. He was an early season trade candidate in real life. Uh, He is now owned in 80% of the leagues, and his his own uh, percentage owned has went up about 15% in the last week. So... Uh, not saying he's going to maintain that. I don't think Ward probably maintain a 6.75 point per game uh, pace either. <laughs> probably not. Uh, but I think right now they're both trending up and probably both were worth an ad, although I do believe Ward has more value than Hosmer. Yeah, uh, my number two is Taylor Ward as well. Uh, I mean, he's just been – now, of course, you've got th- about three games where he's put up like 15-plus. So that's where a lot of those – that six point is coming from but at the same time he has two games or three games with two home runs (laughs) yeah yeah he's he's been getting on base he looks good that is certainly going to come down he will certainly at the end of the year be like two nine or or three two but yeah he's definitely trending up my next one is is kyle wright i'm going to get to him in a kiss or kick but uh, he's just been a complete stud through four starts so he is definitely trending up um, a little bonus after what I saw today is Hassan Kim, uh, who is averaging over four points per game in a little bit of a limited role because he's been he hasn't played every day. Uh, but again, if you remember last year, Kim was kind of a popular ad, mm-hmm. uh, a popular pick for people, and maybe he's figured something out. Maybe he's kind of turning that corner, and if he can get you even three six three seven plus, then then he should be an ad. Who are your two players turning down? Uh, all right. So my first one is a guy we've talked about before, uh, Alberto Mondesi. Uh, he tore his ACL. He's now out for the year. Uh, this is a guy that struggled to Did stay he really? healthy. Yeah. I didn't even see that. That's amazing. Yeah, he has struggled to stay healthy, and now I believe he'll probably lose his spot to one of the young guns in Kansas City. I wouldn't be shocked if he's not in Kansas City next year. 
Um, and number one, a guy that a lot of people like last year, Akito Padu. He was a breakout player. <laughs> um, he he flirted with four points per game last year. I don't know if he ended up finishing there. He's currently averaging 1.4 points per game. And over the last week, he's been dropped in 9% of the leagues. Um, so one thing I will say about him is he's young. But I think with the Tigers potentially getting more competitive, I think his uh, opportunity is going to be limited. But he does have time to turn around. All right, my number two was C.J. Abrams. And I don't think his stock should be dropping, but it is. Because nothing kills a prospect like a rough start. Um, You know, Abrams is a guy I still love long-term. But anytime you have a prospect that comes out and is getting everyday run and is averaging less than two points a game, it's just that's how it goes. That stock is going to drop. We've seen it in our league. We'll we'll get to some trades, but um, his trade stock has certainly dropped, Mm -hmm. as we'll talk about in a little bit. So, and my next, my last one, uh, non ace pitchers and really pitchers in general. It seems like if you're not an ace right now, you're pitching about four innings. Uh, It's, almost rare now that you see somebody get eligible for a quality start or somebody go more than 5.2 innings. Um, and so uh, it increases the value of those ace pitchers because they're just so few and far between right now, the guy that can go seven, eight innings and get a bunch of strikeouts. And plus with the openers and then the middle relievers uh, that, that come in and, and get those bulk innings, those bulk relief pitchers, uh, their their stock is down unless you're an ace pitcher. That makes sense for sure. All right, kiss or kick, I'm going to start here. So Kyle Wright has had four flawless starts with a ton of strikeouts. Kiss or kick, him now being a legit top-of-the-rotation starter for the Braves. I kick it. Uh, I don't like the, the four-game sample size. I think he's going to be a, product, a productive member of that rotation. But I don't think he is going to be a top-of-the-line member of that rotation. I know you like him quite a bit. You've been hyping him up the last couple of weeks uh, on our, well, not even a podcast, but in the group chat. So I don't think I like him as much as you do. I don't not like him. I just don't have as much faith in him as you do. I don't have a ton of faith. But four straight starts of, I think he's averaging about, he's averaging over 20 a game. Uh, points per game right now, and he's getting a ton of strikeouts. He just seems to be a completely different pitcher. Like every year, Kyle Wright has been that kind of guy that you were this waiting. Is the year. This is the year, yeah. Right. Uh, he was a top, I think a top five pick. You know, he's always been a big prospect for the Braves. And he's always had control issues and has never put it together. So I'm, yeah, we'll see. It, it could all fall apart really quickly. I agree with you there, but – uh, what's your number three? We'll go back and forth here. Uh, number three, kiss or kick. One of the bottom four teams sneaking into the playoffs and hung jury over the next three years. Well, we've got Buggy. We've got Cohen. Is Chico bottom four? And mm-hmm. then who's the other one? Uh, right now it's uh, Steve, which is used to be Snyder Doors. Now they're... Gotcha. Oh. I'll kiss that. Um, I don't think it'll be Chico because he'll be out of the league next year. Uh, that might be the reason it is, this team. Buggy, I'm putting this all on 
Snyder doors, uh, only because they've shown in the past that they can make the playoffs and and put together big teams or good teams. Uh, so I think at some point they'll get in, and it could be in the next three years. And you know, if we have a team or two leave, that could change everything. So yeah, I'll, I'll kiss it. Sure, I Cohen won't be there. I, I, I'll be quite honest; I would keep it. Fair enough. <laughs> All right. Wander Franco, uh, when I did this, he was over five points per game. He might be high fours now. I can't remember. 21 years old. He's having like he, a one for 18 stretch. Last night. I think that was last night I saw that. Okay. And he's still about five points a game. Does it all. Is he the top? Kiss or kick him being the top pick in a dynasty draft right now? Auction or like a just like a, if you're no, just a, a draft. You got the number one pick in a dynasty is Wander Franco. Kiss or kick taking him the, at number one. Um, I would kick that. Uh, I like Wander Franco a lot. I think that he's probably a top ten player at this point. Uh, in an auction draft, I might actually spend the most money on him. But in a draft where you're just drafting and it's long term, I'd probably go with somebody a little more proven, a little safer. And kind of go from there. Okay. Like I, I'd probably take Vlad over him. Uh, I'd take Otani over him, just because Otani, you know, has the ability to pitch and hit. Um, Jose Ramirez, I might take over him. You know, I would take him over Tatis. You're gonna take Ramirez going on year thirty over Franco at twenty one. Potentially, yeah. Um, Mostly because of the way that I like to build the team is I want to. Did you just now. say you would take Tatis over him? No, I said I would take him over Tatis. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was gonna say what? A, that's um, crazy. Company. I would I would take Bobichet over him, and anyone who wants to trade for Bobichet should really pony up <clears throat> blades. Um, uh, Bobichet is a top five player on almost every list I see, and Blades keeps offering me like a two for two trade for him that doesn't involve anybody I would trade Bobichet for. So anyway, I digress. All right, uh, kiss or kick. <laughs> Four NL West teams making the playoffs. No, I mean the Dodgers will be there. Uh, the Padres, who I think I said we're going to finish second, they won't. They won't make it. Rockies are going to fall off. Uh, it'll be the Giants and the Dodgers, I believe. Uh, when I looked at the standings today, you had the Dodgers in first, the Giants in second. The Padres were only a half a game behind the Giants. And the Rockies have fallen off a little bit. I think there's three or four games. But I believe that they're they're either in that last playoff spot or they're a game out of that last, last playoff spot. Okay, so for a bonus here, do you could you see four teams from any division making the playoffs? Not in the no. NL, obviously. No. That's my final answer. I like it. I actually think, no. I actually think there's two divisions it could happen in. Uh, I don't think it will, but I think the NL West is one, and I think the AL East is the other. Um, All right. Mostly because I I think the AL Central, like I think when push comes to shove, you have one team that's going to come out of there, and the AL West. I mean, if the I don't think the Angels are going to keep this pace. Maybe they will. I might have been just a year early on the Angels because I picked them last year. But anyways, all right. What's your last one? There's it me. My last one during recent. Uh, during a recent negotiation with Blades, he said that at $81, Rizzo is the steal of the league. 
Kisser kicked this assessment of Anthony Rizzo. I love Anthony Rizzo, and he is playing out of his mind in New York currently. Uh, but he is not a steal of anything at $81. He's 32 <laughs> years old or so, uh, maybe even a little older. No, kick that. That's plays being blades. All right, you ready to talk about some trades? Whoa, 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 whoa. Kiss or whoa. kick. Oh, I got one more. Okay, I'm sorry. on-air trade between two hosts before the season ends. <laughs> before the season ends? Yeah. I'll kiss that. Yeah. I'll kiss that. Uh, if Blades is on here, we'll do a deal. You and uh, I won't. But all right. <laughs> You see, uh, this is basically just taking a shot at Blades because he's never on. Although John, the guy who might be taking over some of these teams, also wants to get on the show and be on the podcast. And he will then also be in the leagues. So it could happen with him as well. I like it. All right, let's talk about trades real quick. Seven minutes, sub up. <laughs> All right, hang on. Let, check this out. Check this out. Trades, trades, trades. Trades, trades. Ah, uh, yeah. We are talking trades, trades, and blades, trades. First up, Combo League, as usual. We had nothing, uh, which works out perfectly for me since I'm just dominating. Uh, so, look, if nobody wants to trade, I'll go ahead and take all the pickles. No problem. So <laughs> let's move on to hung, hung Jury. First up, Uncle Cohen gives Suga Brian Reynolds for Eloy Jimenez. Your thoughts? Um, I was surprised by this trade. Um, I know Eloy at the time was – potentially out for the year, although I think they said he will probably come back. That was actually in Suga's trade note. So I think Suga did this as a win-now move, but I was surprised he did it. Um, I think Eloy's value in Dynasty is higher than Brian Reynolds, especially as long as Brian Reynolds is playing with the Pirates. It's not every day that Uncle Cohen outmaneuvers Suga, but this, I think you uh understated it this was almost shocking to me look I, i'm just and, and maybe i'm just not a brian reynolds guy I, he had one year where he was 4.1 but every other year including this one he sits in the twos uh Jimenez, i get like you said he's hurt and i think he's underperformed as well he's never turned into that guy that 4.5 guy that i think people thought he would be but in a dynasty league his name alone is worth double Brian Reynolds. Mm-hmm. So well done here by Cohen. I don't care if, if these players score the same amount the next three, four years. Uh, Eloy is always going to have more um, trade value than Brian Reynolds. So so well done. Next up, Blades gives Chico, Joe Adele, John Gray, Yankee prospect Volpe in a first for Jonathan India and Marco Gonzalez. Um, I talked to both Scott and Blades about this trade quite a bit. Uh, I actually like the deal for Scott. I do like India. Scott liked him a lot more than I did. Uh, but the fact he got Volpe back in this deal and he gave up Marco Gonzalez, who is a struggling pitcher at best, 
uh, I felt like he got the better. What did you think about this trade? I, th- I thought it was it was okay on both sides. I like India a lot, but only because he plays second base. I don't think he's a four point per game guy most years. I think last year when he hit three eight, that's around where you'll see him sit on his good years. I think typically he's going to be a three five three eight guy, which again at second base is valuable. Marco, like you said, he's not really worth much at all. Uh, Volpe is a prospect. Adele is still unknown. John Gray isn't really all that valuable to me, so I was fine both ways. I was surprised Scotty traded India um, just because he's wanted so much for him. Uh, but I do know how much he likes Volpe as well, so I, I, it was fine on both yeah, sides. Yeah, I think him being a Yankees fan really kind of helped that deal get done. Yeah. Next up, Blades gives Shiva Tyler Male and uh, Detmers for Manea and a first. Um, I thought Shiva won this deal now, and long-term Pride Blades wins. All right. Only because I think Molly and Detmers combined are going to outscore Manea. And in a league where pitching seems to be of great value, I think Blades probably could have got a little more for that package. Although Manea's pitched lights out in San Diego, so... Yeah, actually, I disagree a little bit. I, I like it for Blades this year. <clears throat> I like it for Shiva a little bit long-term because of Detmers. Uh, but Manea is a 15-point-per-game pitcher right now in San Diego. He's at 14-2. Uh, Detmer, okay, 14-point-per-game. Detmers may be in the minors soon. And Molly, I've never liked Molly. I know he had a good year last year. Um, but Molly, to me, is a, a lifetime 11-point-per-game guy. Yeah. Um, um, the more I look at it, you're probably right. Uh, if Manea can stay at that 14, 15 point per game range, then I think Blades probably will. Uh, even though Blades on our previous show here uh, basically compared Detmers to the next Cy Young, uh, you know, I still like the Blade the deal a little bit for Blades right now. Blades has done, a, I thought, a good job of going out and getting some pitching recently. Uh, next up, Blades gives Chico. They're back at it. Uh, Rogers, I believe the San Diego closer, uh, closer, uh, Trevor story for Brandon Marsh and Clevenger. I'll give you my thoughts first on this one. I liked this one for Chico, uh, just because Clevenger is always hurt. Uh, I don't like Marsh that much. I know he's averaging four points per game, but I I think that's going to drop. I don't think Marsh is more than a 15 home run pre-year guy that's what's always concerned me with him he's got a lot of talent but he doesn't have much power and in our league you need to hit home runs uh if clevenger ends up being healthy and he comes back and he's a a 15 16 17 point per game guy then blades probably does win it i just don't think that happens so i'll give the edge to chico here yeah i like this side a little more for chico as well i think story being second base shortstop eligibility uh, and potentially a three eight to four two guy uh, plus Rodgers, which closers have some value now. If Rodgers is the closer this year and possibly next, uh, I think he has some value just because Clevenger's always hurt. And the other thing is, is now you have um, the other young guy, Gore, there in San Diego is pitching very well. Yes. And so if he continues to pitch well and then they get a couple of these other guys back before Clevenger, it's possible that Clevenger ends up in a long relief role. Um 
just to try to save his arm because he's sure. hurt all the time. Yeah, I'm not feeling great about giving up Gore recently. Uh, he's been he's been looking good. Next up, it's Blades again. He gives me um, Chapman, Toronto third baseman, and Brandon Lowe for C.J. Abrams, Suarez, and Athletics pitcher cap. I know you've got thoughts on this because I know you like Brandon Lowe. Uh, Brandon Lowe is one of my favorite fantasy players. I've been trying to get him from Blades for a while, and then he gives them away to you. Um, I understand Abrams is a prospect, but he has struggled mightily. Uh, his value has dropped quite a bit in this league. Um, Blades does flip him very quickly. But I like Lowe and Chapman a lot more than Abrams, Suarez, and an injured cap. So, and quite honestly, I like Lowe long-term over Abrams because you don't know where Abrams is going to play on the field, and you don't know if he's going to stay in San Diego just because of their current setup there, where they have Tatis and Kim and Cronenworth and so many others who are very versatile and play all over the field. So unless Abrams can really become that guy that can play all over the field, I I like to do a lot for you. Well, you know, I don't love – Chapman as as much as Blades, and I think he's he's only he was averaging when when I made this trade he was like two nine. Um, I like the potential in Toronto, but I don't think he's up to three one. Yeah, I don't have any delusions that Chapman is going to be a four point per game guy. I think if he gets it going, he can be three eight. Brandon Lowe, he's gonna he's had a down year as well. He was under. I mean, he's at two seven right now. Yeah, he was under three as well when I made this, but I think he'll end up where he typically does, around four points per game. Uh, Abrams, I like Abrams a lot. I'm a little worried that he's going to need to rely on stolen bases to put him over four points per game, and he's got to get on base for that. Uh, but he's still really young. He'll probably be pretty good. Suarez is off to a hot start, and he's always the guy that can put up 30-plus home runs. Um, but he's also in his 30s. So, And then Cap was just a, a pitcher that I, I threw in to get the deal done. So I was certainly happy with it. And then the last one, Blades turns around and trades Abrams. And, and recently acquired uh, Gonzalez. Marco Gonzalez for Yankees pitcher Cortez and Angels pitcher Lorenzen. What were your thoughts on this one? Um, I, I, I didn't get it. I, I didn't, especially from Blade's side. Yeah, unless he really thinks Cortez is going to be a stud. Because Lorenzen is in his 30s at this point, right? 30? Yeah, Lorenzen is in his 30s, and he's a lifetime relief pitcher. I know he's had – I think he's had two out of four decent starts as a starter for the Angels. Yeah. But, mean, not, he, but not a ton of value there, yeah. He, he Yeah, I mean, he's averaging 12-6 right now. But I don't know that he has much long-term value. And, I mean, his claim to fame is he was Otani before Otani. He just was not nearly as good. Right. Because he he was he had hitting and pitching eligibility for a while. And I think with, with Abrams, I mean, again, I I don't know what Abrams is going to look like. But I think his – I would have thought, even though he's averaging 1-4, and maybe that's probably he's averaging 1-4 and doesn't have a green flag. So maybe his value is lower. But – I would have thought his value was higher than Cortez and Lorenzen, not even factoring in Marco. Right. Yeah, I'm with you. I think Marco and Lorenzen are probably pretty interchangeable. So 
it comes down to Abrams, again, a, a top prospect in the game. For Cortez, who is off to a decent start. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's a long shot that I think Cortez is going to be a, if he even remains in the rotation, is he a 13, 14 point per, point per game pitcher? And that's probably a long shot, but, but well, it, it just kind of shows you how Abrams value again. I, I talked about it earlier. It's just, it's dropped and it. At this point, he was really just trying to move Abrams because he's not an everyday player. Yeah. And uh, quite honestly, I think the other thing that maybe helps Lorenzen in some ways, but hurts him in others is that the angels have a six man rotation because of Otani. So he's only pitching once every six days, which could help him in the fact that maybe he is getting the rest he needs. And if he averages 12, six a game, that's great, but he's only starting once a week. Whereas if he was somewhere else, you know, he'd have those two start weeks every every so often. But two a two start week from him right now is going to be about once every three months. So yeah, that's all of our trades. Do you have any nostalgic stories? Honestly, I I, I don't. I, I thought about going a couple of different places with this tonight, but I, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna pass on that. So I've got nothing. I tell you what, I try and think of nostalgic stories. We may be out of stories. I just. Uh, I don't remember anything. <laughs> um, it's all a blur, Miller. Yeah, it's all so, a blur. <laughs> um, so next week I have a men's tournament and we'll probably have to miss the show after talking all that crap about LTG and plays, but at least I'm telling you a week beforehand and not, um, you know, telling you I'll try to show up to the show two days before when some guys busting his butt to get the agenda done and then no one shows up besides us. I can't believe we were going to – I thought we were going to have our mothers on here for a Mother's Day special, <laughs> the only listeners. Um, yeah, I mean, if you want to jump on on Sunday, you know, uh, to do a, a quick Mother's Day. Isn't that two weeks, though? It's next weekend. Sounds like somebody better, somebody better do some planning. <laughs> uh, next yeah, Sunday uh, is Mother's Day. So uh, I've, already, I've already taken care of all of my uh, – parents anniversary birthdays mother's day father's day for the next you know couple months uh, we had a big get together <laughs> we had a big get together a couple weeks ago down at my parents house and, uh, it was actually last week and uh and they asked for a couple of big ticket items and so my brother and i uh, you know kind of came together and uh were able to get those those items for them and okay. with that being said, uh, I told my mom and dad I would still send them a card, but that would, you know, at least cover the near uh, future holidays. So, fair enough. All right, I, I, I'm, I'm good. I think if you're good, I'm good. Let's get out of here. We'll, we'll be back when we'll, we'll be back when we're back. That's right. Peace, love, and hair grease. Thank you for listening to Sports Fantasies with Miller and McCarty. And be sure to catch future shows wherever you stream. Oh, bye-bye now.